Slater and Lou. Thanks for being here. Happy Friday. Thanks for taking time. Uh, Lou's not here today. We'll all be back on Monday. Coming up in the next segment, I want to talk about Donald Trump, his big announcement on Tuesday. We'll talk about what's next with all this. Uh, but first, I just want to tell you where I've been the last uh, week, and hopefully it can be of some encouragement uh, to you as well. Because it is, right? When you when you hear other people going through things, and you're like, oh, I did too, or all this. Um, so the very short, because I spent the first segment of the last hour going into more detail, but uh, my baby boy was born on Friday, last Friday, and he had fluid in his lungs, so he couldn't breathe. It wasn't meconium. We don't know, I don't know what it was, but he had fluid in his lungs. He couldn't breathe. So they rushed him to Rady right away. So we've been in the NICU for the last week. I don't remember the first two days much, uh, but we'll never forget walking into the NICU and the nurse telling us uh, his lungs aren't working and we we paralyzed him, we intubated him, he's on 100% oxygen and we're like, what? So that was the worst day of our life. And then his heart was, because his lungs, he was trying to get his lungs to work, but they were full of fluids. So they couldn't. So then his heart was pumping super hard. So he's had, he had heart issues, heart problems in the sand. It's like, oh my geez. So we thought our son was going to die last Friday. And touch and go for a day or two. Uh, but the, the end of the story, the rest is that we're not over yet. Uh, but the short of it is he's had an amazing recovery. Amazing. Uh, we got to hold him for the first time two days ago. They're weaning him off everything. He's almost off all the oxygen. They've taken all the tubes out. Uh, Duncan Newman just texted me a second ago to get an update. And uh, I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you. So um, he reminded me of the story. So they have the tube in his mouth going down his lungs. So he can't, you don't hear him. So he'll cry. He would cry, but you wouldn't hear anything come out because it goes through his voice box. And it was excruciating to watch. So they took the tube out. We weren't there when they took it out. And my wife and I, we walked in the room at Rady, which is incredible, everyone there. And our wonderful nurse, uh, Miley, was tending to him. And uh, she, we walk in and she says, do you hear that? And he he was letting out a little cry. Like it didn't click to us at first because just a baby crying or whatever. We've done this before, but it didn't click. So then she said, do you hear that? And it was him crying and we were, just, oh, we were overjoyed. And we vowed to never complain when we ever hear him cry again. That was an amazing, amazing moment. We got to hear him cry for really the first time because when he was born, he couldn't really cry either because he couldn't breathe. So uh, that's where we've been. And uh, God is in control and has been wonderful and, and it's all wonderful and Radies is great and the whole thing. Um, our name, right? So that we name, we give him a name. So we got Jack and John. Those are our other, Grace, of course. Jack and John, but the two boys, Jack and John. So we're going back and forth. Do we have to go with a J name or not? Do we have, like, do we have to do like a Kardashian thing where it's like Kim, Chloe, Courtney? Do we have to do the K's? Are we all J's? Is that our thing? So then we're like, well, probably. But then it's, well, actually, it's Jack Wilder and John Woodman. So now we have to do a JW? Do we, are we, are we in that box now? So I don't even know, like, what's a J? Like, Jehovah's Witness Slater? Like, I don't even know what we're supposed to do here. So we were really stuck. But then it was just a couple weeks ago we were reading in the Bible in Luke and two of Jesus' disciples are John and James. And we're like, oh, Jay, okay, that's cool. But you keep reading. And Jesus, I didn't know if he gave like tag team wrestling nicknames to his boys, but John and James, the two brothers, he called them the Sons of Thunder. <laughs> what? They're called the Sons of Thunder, which makes me thunder. So welcome to the world, James 
David Slater. We didn't go with a W for the middle. David was my dad's name. So James David Slater. Uh, and he's uh, doing really good. So if you could keep praying for, for baby James, that'd be amazing. My wife is amazing. So strong. Sleeping on a concrete floor in the Rady waiting room hours after she gave birth. Like, what? So uh, that's where we've been. Last night, let me make, uh, we made a couple life points in the first hour. Uh, let me make two more political points with it. If I So last night, I, I spoke at a pro-life event for True Choice Pregnancy Center. It's a pro-life pregnancy center. It's the opposite of Planned Parenthood. They had their big fundraiser. And it was at, we, I was the speaker and we booked it a year ago. It was at, and, and of course it had to be, it was at Humphreys by the Bay. You've been to Humphreys by the Bay? The whole, the big venue, the whole thing was spectacular, absolutely spectacular. Now it turns out the baby's due date was actually that day. <laughs> it was the day of the, of the fundraiser event. And I didn't realize it till like, a, like, what well, like pretty much like 10 days before. Because <laughs> I, I was looking at the calendar, it was like November 10th. November 10th, that, gosh, that sounds, what What else is going on November 10th? Oh, yes, the birth of my child. Well, what are the chances <laughs> that it's really going to happen? And then the, sure, it may happen on the day. Actually, I spoke at the Pro-Life Center in Ramona six years ago, the day that my first son was born. So Jack was born in the morning. And then I spoke at the pro-life center that night. I don't make a habit of leaving the hospital bedside of my wife after having just given birth, but she gives me permission if it's for pro-life pregnancy center events, which it's happened to be almost twice now. Uh, so anyway, I spoke at the event last night, and I, I had to, of course, make some abortion uh, connections in my brain because how could I not? I made two realizations. First, you see your baby boy hooked up on everything you could imagine. Teams of doctors and nurses tend to it. respiratory therapist cardiologist like neo cardiologist like baby heart or they're not the doctors aren't babies they're doctors who deal with the hearts of babies right 24 7 tending to my child people who have trained their entire adult life med school residency fellowship and the whole thing decades of their life to care for babies like james the time the money the expertise, the technology, the resources. We build buildings, entire buildings with parking garages and security guards and, and, and the whole thing, huge professions of people dedicated to keeping babies like James alive over here and then over there, there are lives that don't matter and are destroyed like that. What? We all celebrate Rady Children's Hospital in the NICU. We all celebrate that over here and the wonderful, amazing, heroic work that they do. And everyone knows Rady. You drive by Rady all the time. And we love it. We love Rady there. And also, 65% of Californians voted to expand abortion to 40 weeks over here. Make sense of that one. Make sense of that. Either my son's life doesn't matter. Like this whole thing is a huge waste of time and money. It's like, oh, I can't breathe. Well, you know, it, we could keep him alive, but, oh, man, that hospital bill, it's going to be expensive. And uh, the machines and the, we have all these nurses, but they got other stuff to be doing. Either, like, either my son's life doesn't matter 
and it's a waste of time and money to care for him, or it's wrong to end this other baby's life over here. Both those things can't be true. One of those things is wrong. Does that make sense? I don't know how we can live in a state and live in a city where we do both. I was like, okay, well, here's Rady Children's Hospital. Oh, God bless them. Doctors, nurses, the whole thing. Wow, you guys are incredible. And then uh, Erwin Jacobs' wife gives $10 million to build the largest Planned Parenthood in California, uh, like a couple miles away. (laughs) It's like, well, huh? One of those is wrong. You can't have, both of those can't be true. The second realization, uh, well, I got to get going. It's a whole thing. We, uh, I, I talked about it in the podcast. Uh, the podcast is called Politics by Faith. Um, and it's just, it's about the illusion of control that we have over life when God is obviously truly in control and sovereign over all things. And I, I read that there are 1,050 commands in the New Testament. 1,050 commands. And I didn't check them all out to be sure, but uh, let, I went with it because the ones I did check are true. So uh, 1,050 commands for Christians in the Bible. There are 75 B's. Be wise, be thankful, be content, be patient, be of good cheer. Commands. There's 30 do not be's. Do not be troubled. Do not be slothful. Do not be afraid of man. There's 14 bewares. 12 things to flee from. 10 do's, 10 do nots, 10 things to follow, six things to lay aside, seven things to keep, five goes, seven halves, 14 holds, 100 lets, 12 lets nots, 42 let uses, eight let us nots, eight put aways, six put offs, 12 put ons. <laughs> you add them all up, there's 1,050 commands. And these are the ones that stood out and have gotten us through the last week. Three things to continue in. This is a command. Three things to continue in. And it says in the Bible, continue in love, continue in prayer, continue in truth. Two things to endure, hardness and suffering. And one thing to never cast away. Never cast away your confidence in God. Three things to continue in, love, prayer, and truth. Two things to endure, hardness and suffering. And one thing to never cast away, your confidence in God. Thank you for your prayers. Coming up next, we'll talk about uh, Donald Trump. Will he announce on Tuesday to run for president? Do you want Donald Trump to announce his run for president on Tuesday? And what about old Ron DeSantis? Do that next. Uh, you ready for this? You ready? You ready for next Tuesday? Let's talk about Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Looks like Trump will announce his running for president on Tuesday night. I don't know what other thing he would announce on Tuesday night, if not to that. So I'll tell you what he said about Ron DeSantis and Greg Youngkin. He said some stuff about him yesterday and today. I'll tell you what he said in just a minute. But first, let's give some, let's lay the groundwork here for Donald Trump, because this is uh, this is a uh, risky, risky ground <laughs> to be walking on. So you may be new to me, Mike Slater. I don't know if I just said Lou's going to be here on Monday or not. I don't even know where I am or what day it is. So let's just, but uh, Lou will be back on Monday. You may be new to me. I was on AM 760 for 12 years. I was, I was on AM 760 for uh, the entire Trump run for president. Big supporter of Donald Trump. Like as big as you could get. I don't know. I interviewed him in the Trump Tower for 90 minutes. This was right before his campaign was taken off. It was like the week before his campaign really took off. Uh, I was a supporter of Trump. I laughed with Trump. I defended Trump. 
I, I, I don't, what do I, how do I prove my Trump bona fides? I'm, I'm a, I have a MAGA hat. I, I'm a Donald Trump fan. Also, I am a huge fan of my hammer. I have an amazing hammer. I used to have my grandpa's hammer, which was a fantastic hammer. It had sentimental value, my old hammer. But I had my grandpa's hammer, and I was using it the wrong way, and it broke. I was, I was building a deck in the backyard, and I used it. I, like I used the back of the hammer to try to lift some rocks out of the ground. I forget what I was And the hand, the wood handle of my grandpa's hammer broke, snapped right in half. This hammer's like 80 years old. And I broke it. But I was using the hammer in a way that you're not supposed to use hammers. So then I went out and I bought, so rest in peace, old hammer. So then I went and I bought a new hammer. It's awesome. Love this hammer. It's not, I have no sentimental, no sentimentality towards this hammer, but it's a great hammer. Also, well, before the kid was born and before we got into this whole NICU mess, I was building a table and I need to sand the table. Got to sand it. I'm not going to use a hammer. If my grandpa's hammer was still here, I wouldn't have used that, even though I have great sentimentality towards my grandpa's hammer. I think of all the things my grandpa did with that hammer. I wouldn't use it to sand my table. That's not the right tool. And I'm not going to use my new hammer. I love my new hammer. It's a great hammer. But it's not good for sanding tables. Are you with me? That's my Donald Trump analysis. And it's going to take a lot of work to talk about Donald Trump running for president and create this third lane. And this third lane is... So the first lane is, I love Donald Trump. He needs to run. He's amazing. And Trump 2024. The second lane is, I hate Donald Trump. He's awful. Ron DeSantis all the way. Those are the two lanes. And I want to make a third lane. And I want you. To, I want to invite you into this third lane. And my third lane is, I love Donald Trump. I voted for him twice. He was the right tool for the moment in 2016 and 2020 and in 2016 in his life i think he did a great job pros and cons pluses and minuses of course we can talk about that he did a great job and this is a new time that calls for a different tool the hammer wants to be used to sand the table but it's not the right it's not the right tool for the job I don't hate the hammer, love the hammer. Oh, we're going to use the hammer. We have, we can use the hammer in other ways. In the future, surely we will need the hammer again. Maybe not to run for president, but other ways, surely. I'm not done with the hammer. I don't hate the hammer. I love the hammer. The hammer's great at what the hammer does. But now we have to use a sander, and that's okay. Trump served his purpose. He prevented, Donald, uh, prevented Hillary Clinton from becoming president, nominated amazing Supreme Court justices, mixed things up, broke the mold. Love it. Love it. It's time for a different tool. And I think that's okay. And that's all I want to do right now. I just want to suggest that that's okay. That's it. And it's going to be tricky because you're going to have, uh, you know, ride with Trump till I die. <laughs> you have that faction. I respect it. And then you have this other, I like Ron DeSantis. And either you, you you will like, I like Ron DeSantis and I hate Trump, or I like Ron DeSantis and people are going to be like, oh, you hate Trump? They're going to put you in that box. I just be like, no, Trump was awesome. I love Trump. Grateful for Trump. 
and Ron DeSantis is the future. Is that not okay? That's my suggestion. I don't think I'm alone because I want to tell you next what the American Firearms Association did. And then we'll tell you what Donald Trump said about Ron DeSantis and Greg Youngkin coming up next as well on Slater and Lou. News Radio, 600 Kogo. Spread the word. Hey, it's Slater and Lou. News Radio, 600 Kogo. Thanks for being here. Happy Friday. Hope you had a great week and a wonderful weekend. Lou's not here. We'll be back on uh, Monday. So we're talking about Donald Trump announcing for president on Tuesday. Maybe. I don't know. What else would he announce? I didn't think he would run for president. Uh, but now that he's a big announcement on Tuesday, what's he, what's he going to say? Like, new season of The Apprentice. or something. What else could it be? So I, I imagine that's what it is. Uh, so let's chat about it. Let's get a little bit in front of it. My whole point of the last segment was I, I just want to open up a third lane. You're going to have a fracture in the party, and that's fine. It's part of the primary process. It's all good. It's healthy. I like it. Uh, you're going to have people, people who are ride or die Trump like all the way to the end. Great. Then you have people who hate Donald Trump and want Ron DeSantis. Okay, fine. Uh, I just want a third way, which is I love Donald Trump, but I want Ron DeSantis now. Trump did what he did. It was great. Super ha- grateful. No Hillary. Supreme Court. Great success. Robbed out of 2020 for lots of different reasons we can talk about, uh, but not not the tool we need right now to complete the project. He was a perfect tool for the moment. Super grateful. I will always be grateful. I will always have my MAGA hat. Now it's time for Ron DeSantis. I think that's okay. I just want that to be okay. I'm not saying you have to be in that camp. I just want that to be an option for people. And it seems like I'm not alone. This is John Allen. He's an NBC reporter. He said, the American Firearms Association, which makes the NRA look like a knitting club, (laughs) says its members have flipped from Trump to DeSantis. The fact that they're releasing this is a signal to the hard right and to Trump. Okay, so eight months ago, they did a poll of American Firearms Association members. Who would you support for president in 2024? And this was eight months ago. This was March. 66% said Trump. 20% said Ron DeSantis. So 66 to 20, Donald Trump way in the lead eight months ago. Today, same question. Who would you support? Who would you support? 68% said Ron DeSantis. And 28% said Donald Trump. That is a massive flip. Now, listen, one, it's one data point, one group, whatever. But I think that's representative of a lot of people now. And that's okay. Doesn't mean you hate Trump. Doesn't mean you regret Trump. Doesn't mean the, the lamestream media was right about him. He should be indicted. Like, that's not what that is at all. But it's just not, it's not, it's time to move on. DeSantis is 44. He is the future. So here's the deal with Trump. Trump uh, clearly upset there was no red wave, as we all were, but uh, clearly upset. He was going to use the red wave that everyone expected and announce it, announce his run for presidency right away. So big giant wave, and he was going to catch it, take credit for the red wave, and ride it all the way to 2024. That was the plan. So he's sitting back on election night like everyone, and there was no red wave. So now he's ticked off. Now he's got an uphill climb. He can't just ride the wave. He's got to make his own wave now. So he decided to come out swinging against the two other Republicans that have been thrown out there for running for 2024. Ron DeSantis, of course, the governor of Florida, and Glenn Youngkin, who is the governor of Virginia, who won his election last year in Virginia in a bit of an upset, uh, but 
a great win there, right? So he's knocking at these guys. And you're like, man, there's no one. Like, there's got to be another way here. But he was taking down Ron DeSantis the day before Election Day. And even on Election Day, that's when he made up the, the nickname Ron DeSanctimonious. Which, again, I like Trump nicknames. I don't know if that's the best. Sanctimonious is making a show of being morally superior to other people. I don't think that matches Ron DeSantis, but alas. So here is uh, Donald Trump. I have to read this in full. Okay, so this is a statement from Donald Trump uh, yesterday. Ready for this? Should I do the, let's do the DeSantis one. Uh, Let's do the Youngkin one first. Youngkin's shorter. Okay, Youngkin. He put it in two words. Young, like old, young. K-I-N, Young Kin in two words. And he said, now that's an interesting take. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? What? In Virginia, couldn't have won without me. I endorsed him, did a very big Trump rally for him telephonetically, got MAGA to vote for him, or he couldn't have come close to winning. But he knows that and admits it. Besides having a hard time with the Dems in Virginia, but he'll get it done. Sound, young Kin sounds Chinese, doesn't it? I don't know what that... All right, here's the longer one. This is about DeSantis. News Corp, which is Fox News, The Wall Street Journal, and the no longer great New York Post, is all in for the Republican, for Governor Ron DeSanctimonious, an average Republican governor with great public relations who didn't have to close up his state, but did, by the way, Trump closed up the country, but did, unlike other Republican governors whose overall numbers for a Republican were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID, and who has the advantages of sunshine, where people from badly run states up north would go no matter who the governor was, just like I did. I don't know what any of that means. Ron came to me, came to me in desperate shape in 2017. He was politically dead, losing in a landslide to a very good agricultural commissioner, Adam Putnam, who was loaded up with cash and great poll numbers. Ron had low approval, bad polls, and no money. But he said that if I would endorse him, he would win. I didn't know Adam, so I said, let's give it a shot, Ron. When I endorsed him, it was as though, but by the way, that's a weird admission. Isn't it like you'd like to think that when Trump endorses someone, there's a process. He thinks, interviews both the candidates, picks the one he likes the most. But this is like, I don't even know the guy. Sure. Ron DeSantis. That's, that's a weird uh, admission. When I endorsed him, it was as though, to use a bad term, a nuclear weapon went off. Years later, they were the exact words that Adam Putnam used in describing Ron's endorsement. He said, I went from having it made with no competition to immediately getting absolutely clobbered after your endorsement. I don't know if that's on the record or not. I then got Ron by the star of the Democratic Party, Andrew Gillum, who was later revealed to be a crackhead. Uh, this is true. By having two massive rallies with tens of thousands of people at each one. I also fixed his campaign, but he was the, was he the president? Yeah, he was the president at the time. Like, that's what you do as the president. I also fixed his campaign, which had completely fallen apart. I was all in for Ron, and he beat G- Gillum, the Democrat. But after the race, when votes were being stolen by the corrupt election process in Broward County, and Ron was going down 10,000 votes a day, along with now Senator Rick Scott, I sent in the FBI and the U.S. attorneys, and the ballot theft immediately ended just prior to them running out of the votes necessary to win. I stopped his election from being stolen. I look forward to more on that. All right, we're still going. And now Ron DeSanctimonious is playing games. The fake news asks him if he's going to run for president, run if President Trump runs, and he says, I'm only focused on the governor's race. I'm not looking into the future. Well, in terms of loyalty and class, that's really not the right answer. This is just like 2015 and 2016, a media assault collusion. When Fox News fought me to the end until I won, and then they couldn't have been nicer or more supportive. The Wall Street Journal loved low-energy Jeb Bush, 
and a succession of other people as they rapidly disappeared from sight, finally falling in line with me after I easily knocked them out one by one. We're in exactly the same position now. They will keep coming after us, MAGA, but ultimately we will win. Put America first to make America great again. I don't know who those are for. I and here here's here's the here's the difference between then and now. For the let's see, four years of his presidency and then the year of the campaign, I laughed with Trump every time he made up names because <laughs> they're funny. Low energy Jeb, Lion Ted, the whole thing. Lion Ted, all right. I love it. It's the game. I get the game. We all understand the game. The difference is twofold. First. You have to do it with a laugh. It has to be fun. It has to be fun. If you do it with a laugh, people are laughing along with you. They're laughing with you. It's a political game. It's fun. It's it's great. But if you have even a hint of anger, with it, even a hint of it, it's not good anymore. Because it comes across uh, not even it's not even mean. Because like whatever, it comes across as frantic. No one wants frantic. No one wants desperate the, the these these messages is not the posture of someone rising it's the posture of someone frantically trying to hold on to the top and I'm, let me say this he doesn't have to be frantic he doesn't have to do this there's a way to do this and still be a fun happy warrior people like that it's a good posture to have you don't need to be frantic if, if you if you're trump you don't need to but he is it's different now. Second thing is Trump needs a different tactic with DeSantis. You can't you can't go after Ron DeSantis like this because he's the only one winning. He's the only one winning. Literally, the only one winning. The only nationwide guy is like doing really, really well. He's the only one who rode a wed a red wave. So Trump, take down McConnell, take down the Republican losers. Take down the Republican swamp. That's why people liked you in the first place. But you got to come up with something different to try to take out DeSantis if you want to take him out. Because taking swipes like he's Hillary Clinton does... I don't, I don't know who who's with you on that. 1-800-600-COGO. I don't know. Those fair? Is that all fair again? This is going to be very tricky talking about Donald Trump. A lot of Trump loyalty. It's fine. But I don't know. I'm more loyal to the country more loyal to winning election the more royal loyal to I mean, like i'm less loyal to a person i don't know he didn't it's not like i owe him something i don't know him personally do you know they decide to be right it's like oh, i'm just gonna vote for someone else now i think right but or, listen, earn my vote go out there earn my vote I'll, I'll, I'll do, do the best you can it's up for grabs uh, 1-800-600-COGO, 1-800-600-COGO. Let's tell a uh, Veterans Day story coming up next. One of my all-time favorites. And while we were in the hospital room waiting to give birth, I saw a commercial for this movie. And I said, well, this is just like the, 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 and then boom, that's the movie. So it's out now. We've been telling this story for years. It's one of my all-time favorites. We'll tell it again when we get back on News Radio 600 Coco. Years ago, we told you about an absolutely incredible book called Devotion by Adam Makos. We talked to him on the, the radio here and the TV a couple times over the years. And years ago, he told us that it was being made into a movie, potentially. And I was sitting in the hospital room with my wife, and, 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 and we looked up at the TV, and there was this commercial for this movie, Devotion. And I'm so excited. And it comes out, and it's like, I don't know if it's now, or November 23rd, it says. But I don't know why they wouldn't have it on Veterans Day, but in a couple weeks here. And it's, it's one of the all-time great stories ever. So I'll just give you the, the quick of it here. 
You have two men, Jesse Brown and Tom Hudner. Jesse was born in Hattiesburg, Mississippi in 1926, son of a sharecropper, lived in a shack, worked in the fields all day. And there was a airport nearby and airplanes would fly overhead. And he grew up saying he wanted to be a fighter pilot. And people laughed at him. They said, Jesse, they won't let a black person in an airplane, let alone fly in the Navy. And Jesse Brown became the first black Navy pilot in Navy history. This, you could just do a story about that. You could do a movie about that. But that's not it. Then you got Tom Hudner, totally opposite background. Tom's grandfather owned a bunch of grocery stores, uh, prospered during the Depression. Tom was supposed to go to Harvard just like his dad, inherit the family business, live a comfortable life. I think he was raised in, I want to say Massachusetts. That may not be right. Somewhere in the Northeast. But he didn't do that. Against his family wishes, he wanted to be a fighter pilot in the Navy. So you have these two men from opposite backgrounds, completely opposite backgrounds, who became best of friends in the Navy. Fast forward to the Korean War. Six pilots in the air and Jesse's plane was hit and he crashed into the side of a mountain in today's North Korea. Violent crash, frozen mountaintop. Jesse wakes up after he lands. He takes off his helmet and gloves and he tries to open the canopy and get out and he can't. He's stuck. And then he drops his helmet out of the plane and now he's got no communication. And the other pilots are flying overhead and Jesse's waving to him. And Tom doesn't just see his friend. He sees Jesse's wife and Jesse's two-year-old daughter. So Tom in that moment decides to do something that no one has ever done and no one has ever done since. He crash landed a perfectly good airplane right next to his friend to try and save his life. So Tom crashed on purpose into a mountain, got out of his plane, ran over to Jesse, couldn't pull him out. He found an ax, tried to cut, rip open the side of the plane, but the metal was frozen solid. So Jesse was dying and there was no way out. And a helicopter finally came and it was getting dark. And the pilot said, Tom, you have two choices. You can either stay here and die with Jesse or you can come with me right now, but I'm leaving. And before Tom could answer, Jesse said, Tom, tell my wife how much I love her. Now, before Jesse left for war, he told his wife, Daisy, Promise me that if I die, you will become a school teacher. When Tom came home from war, his town held a parade for him and they collected money and gave him a thousand dollars. And he gave that money to Daisy, Jesse's wife, to go to school. This to me is one of the all-time great stories. That has everything. Now, I don't know what they did in the movie. I haven't seen the movie. Maybe they screwed it all up. <laughs> they probably did. <laughs> Go read, just read the book. Because the book is real. The movie's for movie sake, right? I hope the movie's true. To, true to what it is, right? Because it's one of the all-time great stories. This story screams America. It screams it. And I just, I want my kids to know the story of Jesse and Tom. Jesse Brown, Tom Hunter. They need to know what, what it is to be a man of purpose 
and a man of service, a man who will serve others, even if it means crashing your plane into the side of a mountain and then going on and serving their family even when you can't anymore. I think of this story often. I can't wait to see the movie. Read the book, Devotion by Adam Makos, M-A-K-O-S. And happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans, the men and women of service, just like Jesse and Tom. Have a great weekend. Spread the word.